You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. Go to riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Chris Tyen. Wisdom. I want to talk today about wisdom. Actually, that's what came up on the next... We're going through the book of James and wisdom came up next. So we're just taking it as it comes. And some days... I feel really wise, and other days I don't. Sometimes I question if what I'm doing is wise or not. And I came to the conclusion that maybe I'll have to see how everything turns out, and then I'll be able to evaluate if what I've been doing is wise or foolish. So my neighbor hit a deer with his car a couple years ago. It's been in his garage all this time. And I sat one day, I was mowing the lawn, and I was looking at it, and he got a new truck, and I thought to myself, you know, If he donated that to the church, I could fix it up maybe and give it to somebody in need and that would be a cool thing and he'd get a receipt. So I get into his garage, I get the car going, I drive it from his driveway to my driveway and I go back and I'm like, um, well, this is probably not in good enough condition to give to somebody in need. But anyway, so I bought him out and I've been fixing this car up and I've been spending some time and as time has gone on over my life, I've gotten faster and smarter about, you know, fixing things and Uh, However, crawling around on the garage floor, uh, for some reason, the next two days, it was like, felt like I got hit by a train. So I would, going down, I've got two half flights of stairs, and the next day after working on the car and everything, I was going downstairs, I'm like, ow, ow, ow. So, and I asked myself, okay, so now my cheap, almost free car has turned into like a $750 car so far because of all the parts I've been putting into it, and the time I put into it and everything. And yeah, it's kind of fun, but if I end up selling it or giving it to somebody and I don't even recover my costs, that might be really foolish. But if I fix it up and it provides a need for someone and I'm able to recover my costs, that would be wise. If I'm able to like do something with this, I help my neighbor out because now he can put his new truck in his garage. And if I'm able to help somebody else out and also have the satisfaction of knowing that I, you know, fixed something and You know, it's kind of fun because it is something in my life that uh, often church ministry doesn't do. For instance, I can take a uh, bunch of wood and make a deck or uh, fix up a messed up car and make it look good and uh, say, wow, I really accomplished something. And some days it seems like you're really grown and you're on fire for Christ and sometimes it doesn't seem like you're following Christ at all. And I sit back and I wonder, huh, I wonder if I'm accomplishing anything. Then I look at the pictures of like the deck and the car. It's like, well, at least I accomplished that. But my goal is that you'd be growing closer to Christ and what I would say would be worthwhile. So wisdom is an awesome thing because we can gain knowledge and we can gain knowledge from reading the Bible. But God gives wisdom and in the beginning of James, it says that if we don't have wisdom, we should ask for it. And so there's worldly wisdom and godly wisdom and sometimes they intermix. So here are some wise sayings that I looked at this week that I think are true and awesome and helpful. And you can decide if it's godly wisdom or worldly wisdom, if it's wise, if you accept it or reject it. But here are some of the wise things. Um, Thinking well is wise. Planning well is wiser. But doing well is wisest. So that means that you're putting the wisdom into practice. And that's an awesome thing. Thinking well is wise. Planning well is wiser. But doing well is wisest wisest. A proverb is a short sentence based on long experience. 
So we have the book of Proverbs, awesome book of Proverbs. Uh, One great way to go through the book of Proverbs is to read a proverb a day. So you can match it up to the calendar and say, okay, today is July 14th, I'm going to read Proverbs chapter 14. Tomorrow I'm going to read Proverbs chapter 15. Some days I'm not going to make it to Proverbs chapter 31, uh, but I'll get there sometime. Or you can just read that, you know, on the 28th or on the 30th or, or whatever. But a proverb is a short sentence based on long experience. And the Proverbs in Scripture were inspired by the Holy Spirit, so they're even better than that. The start of wisdom is silence. The second step is listening. That is huge. We can learn so much if we listen. We can learn so much if we just bite our tongues and listen to what other people are saying. If we really want to be wise, we should be reading wise books. We should read books from like Christian biographies, and we should read books from authors that are godly, and we can grow so much from reading. So if you want to be growing in wisdom, read wise authors, uh, watch wise movies, listen to wise music, find some wise friends and hang out with them. So awesome you can find some older guys that are full of wisdom, and sometimes you won't even like what they have to say, but often you will learn from them. When I first got married, I was working for these Christian construction guys, and they were full of wisdom. So I didn't like what they had to say at first, but I listened. So uh, one thing that they said is that I should let my new wife do whatever she wants to the apartment because that's her nest. And if she wants to put up pictures of puppy dogs and kitties on the wall, I should let her. If she wants a pink shower curtain or a pink comforter or whatever, I should let her. And I can do whatever I want someday when I get a garage, is what they said. Turned out that was some pretty good advice. They didn't know that when we first moved into our apartment that my wife and her mom put all the stuff in the kitchen and then they went to the store and while they were at the store I rearranged some stuff and that did not work out very well. And so it was good to listen to their wisdom. Listen to their wisdom. Specialization is the art of learning more and more about less and less. Man, there are so many things we can learn about. But we got to figure out, okay, what is it we're really about? What is it that we really need to learn about? Keep God's truth in your head and his love in your heart. And that's actually what James is going to talk about here in just a minute. It is surprising how many know how to make a good living, yet do not know how to live good. So many times it's all about the career. So many times it's all about, uh, you know, my identity as far as, you know, what my career is or career is or what I do but they don't actually live a good life. When they come to the end of their life, they're like, hmm, maybe I could have lived that one differently. But, it says, some folks may live and learn, but by the time they've learned, it's usually too late to live, which is sad. You don't want to figure out life when you're about to end this current life. So it's good to get right with Jesus and walk with God for all the days He has for you, but it's awesome if you grow. That's why I like writing on media and we talk about it all the time is because there is something in there to meet every issue in your life. If you want to become a better leader or want to become better at work, there's a bunch of John Maxwell videos on there and he is awesome. He used to be a pastor and he's a leadership expert and if you follow some of the John Maxwellisms, they will help you to be a good leader. There's stuff on marriage, there's stuff on finances, there is stuff on grandparenting and parenting adult children and all these issues that many of us struggle, but we need to learn how to live from others. A person is not necessarily smart just because he says things that are smart. That is so true. Sometimes you think that the smartest guy in the room is the guy saying all the smartest things, but he's not 
really that wise. He doesn't have that much common sense. Maybe he's just been blessed with a good memory. One of those people that can read something and remember it all. A walking dictionary. You probably met somebody like that. A right attitude toward others will help keep God's truth in our head and his love in our heart. The middle of the road may not be the most exciting place to be, but at least you will be farther from the ditch on either side. Wisdom comes more from living than from studying. And a wise man always prepares for the inevitable. I'm almost done. A word to the wise isn't as good as a word from the wise. It is cool when people are wise and they share stuff that you just needed to hear, that uh, inspired, encouraged, gave you a sense of direction, gave you permission to do something. You know, that's actually one reason my wife is like, why do you have so many books on your shelf? Did you really read all of these books? I'm like, pretty much, and some of them I'm going to use in the future, and some of them I literally keep on the shelf for permission. So when somebody yells at me, says, why did you do that that way? I'll be like, because that book, that author said, this is the way you should do it. And I trust him because he writes a lot of books, and he's got a big church, and people like him, and he's still married. And permission, it's like, he told me to do it. I'm following him. He seems to know what's going on. Do not ask for perfection in all you do but for the wisdom not to repeat mistakes. And it is a wise man who knows that he isn't. Some of the wisest people around will tell you all sorts of great stuff in their wisdom, but they will never tell you that they're wise. They never say, hey, you know, you were telling people they needed to have a wise friend. I just was wondering if you put me in the bulletin, you know, uh, Bob, Bob Mitchell, wise friend available, because I'm that wise person that the people need. And I'd be like, you're obviously not the wise people, person that the people need, because if you were wise, you wouldn't have said that. Often we don't feel wise. What comes from the Lord, because it is impossible, this is what Chuck Swindoll, a good author, said. I'm actually listening, still listening to an audiobook about his life story and how to uh, communicate God's word to people effectively. But he says, What comes from the Lord, because it is impossible for humans to manufacture it? See, it's like a riddle. Wisdom. What comes from humans? Because it is impossible for the Lord to experience it. Worry. What is it that brings wisdom and dispels worry? Worship. That is so cool. So anyway, wise friends, wise authors, wise music, wise living. Good thing. So already in the book of James, James 1.5, we had talked about that in the past, but about wisdom, about getting wisdom from God. It says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. So if we need wisdom, we should ask God. If we need help in making choices, decisions, uh, major decisions, career changes, uh, when we're not feeling happy with our life, when we feel like there's so much more that we could be doing or should be doing, or maybe we shouldn't be doing as much as we're doing, pray about it. Ask God for wisdom. The dictionary defines wisdom as the ability to discern or judge what is true, right, or lasting, Knowledge, on the other hand, is information gained through experience, reasoning, or acquaintance. Knowledge can exist without wisdom, but not the other way around. One can be knowledgeable without being wise. Knowledge is knowing how to use a gun. Wisdom is knowing when to use it and when to keep it holstered. God wants us to have knowledge of Him, and He expects that of us. In order to obey Him, we have to have knowledge of His commands. So, um, and it gives a couple examples. I uh, actually got this from Got Questions. They have so many helpful articles. So they say knowledge is what is gathered over time through the study of Scripture. It can be said that wisdom, in turn, acts properly upon that knowledge. Wisdom is the fitting application of knowledge. 
Knowledge understands the light has turned red. Wisdom applies the brakes. Knowledge sees the quicksand. Wisdom walks around it. Knowledge memorizes the Ten Commandments. Wisdom obeys them. Knowledge learns of God. Wisdom loves Him. So then, uh, in James, at the beginning of the chapter, it was talking about teachers and how teachers need to be careful about their, their attitude and the things that they said. And, and here it talks about wisdom. And I think that if we're going to be living for God, if we're going to be following after the things of the Lord, it is awesome that we pursue godly wisdom. Not just man's wisdom, not just the experience of uh, what you learn over time. And as you get older, you know, not to do that again, you become wiser. You're like, I did that before and that didn't work out at all. I'm not going to do that again. That's, that's a form of worldly wisdom. But godly wisdom is of the Holy Spirit helps you to understand how to rightly apply that knowledge. And sometimes we just take God's knowledge and we say, well, you know, the Holy Spirit is only interested in me being a Christian, so that's only for church stuff. So I can only ask the Holy Spirit to help me with my Christian life and to help me to help people grow in Christ and to help teach at church and to do those things. But I probably, you know, He's probably not interested in my work, but he is. So you can pray about your work stuff. When I was in marketing, I would pray for ideas. I would pray for opportunities. Uh, Take God to work with you. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you do your job better, to help you make those connections, to help you spend time with people that are actually going to turn into sales and to profit and um, that you can uh, walk with the Lord all through your day. Uh, Help raising the kids, even for stay-at-home moms. Just wisdom. Get wisdom from God. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. And then after that it says, but you must believe. All right, Proverbs 2 talks about where wisdom comes from. And many times we read through the book of Proverbs and we can gain wisdom. So Proverbs 2 verse 6 says, For the Lord grants wisdom. From His mouth come knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you will find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. Wisdom will save you from evil people and those whose words are twisted. There are so many times in my life where when I've been faithful to read through God's word, uh, a steady uh, program of Bible reading where you don't necessarily just read through your Bible the things that you like the most because we do that, don't we? Sometimes we always turn to those favorite passages. It's like, oh, I like First Peter. I like, I like John. I, I like this passage here. But sometimes when we're like going through program Bible reading, sometimes it's really boring if you just go Genesis through Revelation and you get like stuck in Numbers or First Chronicles or something. So if you do a little Old Testament, a little New Testament, maybe that proverb a day, that's a good, good way to go. So I'd encourage you to spend time in God's Word. But so many times, what you read in the morning will often uh, help you through the day. So uh, you'll read something in the morning and the Holy Spirit will bring it to mind. It will be that verse that you'll use to encourage someone or be that verse that will help you to make the wise choice, will help you to accomplish God's purposes for the day. Constantly spend time in God's Word. Seek wisdom. Ask God for wisdom. Uh, look for wisdom in the Proverbs and the Scriptures. Other Scriptures. Number two, prove you live wisely. So you can read all you want and you can get all sorts of knowledge, but it doesn't really change you. It doesn't really make a difference until you start to act it out, until you start to show that the wisdom is actually changing your life. It's, it's coming out of you. You read it. Uh, the Holy Spirit is helping you to act it out, to practice it, to share it. James says, if you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it. 
by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. So we have so many opportunities to act on this, to make choices that honor God, to live in ways that are honorable and right. I mean, when we give financially back to God, that honors God. That's an act of worship. It helps the church move forward. It helps uh, provide needs. It helps do so many things. And so if we truly trust God in His Word and we see that God wants us to give back to Him and then we do that, it proves that we are living out God's Word. When we choose to share our faith and not be quiet and silenced because we're afraid of what somebody says, that proves that we are really committed to living for Christ. When we serve in many of the ways that we serve, it shows that Christ matters. And the guys that show up in the morning and help set everything up and tear everything down, I mean, it's hard to get up early. Uh, sometimes you walk in here, the air conditioning hasn't turned on. You've got to set everything up and everything. But it is a way to prove that you are serious about the things of God and, and serving the Lord in the ways that you serve and the things that you do and the doing good works with humility. So humility and wisdom are hand in hand. So many times people do great things for God and they never tell you about it because they are humble. The Bible says if we humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, that He will lift us up. If we lift ourselves up, we might be knocked down. Uh, we might be humbled, might be abased. So we serve humbly. We know that God sees, but we prove that we live wisely. Jesus says, Matthew seven twenty four. anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So those people who put Jesus' words into practice follow Jesus' teaching. Jesus says, they're wise. So prove you live wisely. Put Jesus' words into action. Number three, selfishness is unwise. It is unwise to be selfish. James 3, 14. If you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. So when we are all about us, we want it our way, we want to do whatever we want to do, when we put ourselves first, that, or when we're jealous of what other people are doing, that is not a godly thing. That is unwise. And we want to make sure that we are following in a humble way, in a Christ-honoring way, in a way that puts others before ourselves because God honors that. Selfishness is unwise. Then it says that it's unspiritual, even demonic, which means it's ungodly. So again, selfishness is ungodly. So for jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. You know, the devil wants to destroy us. He wants to destroy the church. He wants to destroy our family. And if he can get us to be jealous of each other, to be selfish, to quarrel, to fight, to do things so we gossip and tear each other apart, uh, talk maliciously about each other, hope the worst for one another, uh, that's going to tear apart the church. And if other people see that, they're going to be like, I don't want to go to that church. I don't want to be that kind of Christian. So wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. So selfishness is not wise. Selfishness is ungodly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the paths of the wicked lead to destruction, it says in Psalm 1.6. Number five, godly wisdom is pure and peaceful. Godly wisdom is 
secure and peaceful. When you look at all the things in this life, pure and peaceful sounds pretty awesome. When you think of all the things that surround us, the things that people choose for entertainment, the things that people choose to watch and to listen to, uh, much of that is not pure, nor is it peaceful. James 3.17, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. So if you want seeds of peace, if you're going to plant those, you've got to be a peacemaker. So I guess these seeds of peace don't grow if uh, people that are not peaceful are trying to plant them. So in life, in the way that we live life, in the way that we walk with the Lord, if we seek wisdom and live in a way that honors God, that wisdom from above, that wisdom from heaven, that wisdom from God is pure and peaceful and trustworthy. And I just wanted to read these, I think it's 16 verses or whatever, about Paul and his ministry. And I don't have time to comment on them or anything, but I think it's a good example of what it means to serve God in ministry. Now, I'm in ministry because I'm a pastor, but you're also in ministry if you're a Christian, if you're a Christ follower, because we are all supposed to make disciples. We're all supposed to serve the Lord. And God has strategically placed you as missionaries in your workplace, placed you as missionaries in your school, placed you as missionaries in your neighborhood to be in ministry, to serve the Lord. So this is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2. He says, When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I, got, I said I wasn't going to comment, but I will. You know, if we would see the people that are around us, yeah, we see their sin, we see maybe the lifestyle that we don't necessarily approve of. Maybe we see things that they're doing that we don't approve of, but we make Jesus the first and primary thing and we keep the main thing, the main thing that that person needs Jesus no matter what they're involved in or no matter what kind of speech they have or no matter what kind of stuff they, they're into. Um, to put that first, uh, we might be a lot more successful in leading people to Christ if we would approach them and uh, keep this, like Paul said, I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling, and my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. And we should rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 5, I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Yet when I am among mature believers, I do speak with words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or to the rulers of this world who are soon forgotten. No, the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God, his plan that was previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory uh, before the world began. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. Verse 9, that is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. And his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things. 
but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others for who can know the Lord's thoughts, who knows enough to teach him, but we understand these things for we have the mind of Christ. And I just like, I'd like to talk more about that passage, but I'm running out of time. But just that whole idea that our Christian life isn't about us, it's about Christ, and it's about the Holy Spirit working through us. It's about us sharing God's Word. God's Word doesn't return void. As we experience more and more life, we gain knowledge, and the Holy Spirit helps us to rightly apply that and to have that wisdom. And so many times that wisdom will give us permission to say no and to say, you know, that's not what I... What I'm doing right now, that's not my thing. Um, God's got me doing this thing, so we'll pray that someone else does that. And for others, the Holy Spirit will motivate you and say, I don't feel qualified, I don't feel like, like I can, but I'm going to step out in faith, and I'm going to share faith, or uh, be involved in that ministry, or host a small group at my house, or learn how to, how to host a group, or maybe I'm going to make a career change and uh, pursue full-time ministry. Maybe I'm going to be a... Uh, business person that's a missionary in a closed country. Uh, so many of these things change, but it all starts with asking God for wisdom and having God's Word flowing through you and having the Holy Spirit empower you. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that you've given us your Word. I pray that we would never take it for granted and that as we read it, we know that it's living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, we pray that it would be so active in our life that it totally transforms us. It keeps us it keeps us sharp. It keeps us focused on the things of God. Lord, we pray that we wouldn't get distracted. We pray that we wouldn't get entangled by the sins of the world. We pray that we wouldn't cause disappointment by the bad choices we make. So Lord, we pray you'd protect us. We pray if anybody here doesn't know you as our Lord and Savior, that they would grab one of those How to Find God New Testaments in the back and uh, ask Dan or I or, or somebody else around here, what must I do to be saved? But Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to be wise, and we pray for the wisdom that you offer. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We invite you to visit River Rock Church 10 a.m. Sundays at 330 South Market Street in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. You can connect with us, find resources to help you grow in your faith, give online to support this ministry, and share your prayer requests with us at riverrockchurch.com. May God bless you. Share Jesus with others this week.